Another scaring is sharing. It is the forum and the carum where we share our scares with each other and you. Oh, wait, is it a quorum? A quorum. I don't remember. <laughs> We're back to this old song and dance. And you are Jeremy, the original Sasquatch Slim Rusk. And you are Brandy Joe, not Blandy Joe, Clambeck, <laughs> the flaming Scream Queen. Yes. Hello and welcome, one and all, new and old. <laughs> and not yeah. old like elderly, although if you're that, also welcome. But Yeah, that's you know. cool. Uh, but yeah, yeah, old as in if you've been with us for a long time, as we know, elite friend of the podcast, Teacher Drew has, for example, or uh, if you're just joining now. Indeed. And you want to know what, Jeremy? What? What? We have a new review on Apple Podcasts. We have one more five-star review from the last Whoa. time I mentioned it. And we have a review from Gleek819, who gave us five stars, and says, As a huge horror fan, I am so glad I found this podcast. The hosts have amazing chemistry, and I love their taste in movies! Exclamation point. Thank you. Thank you, Gleek819. It is a pleasure to have you. Welcome. Yes, 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 yes. Right in too. If you, if, or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't want to talk. I shouldn't push people I mean, into if they don't want to. But we do appreciate uh, uh, listener mail. Indeed, we love it. And um, if you you can leave us an Apple Podcast review, I think that's the only place you can do it. Uh, I may be wrong in that, and I may be right in that. I don't know. You know what? I'm the kind of person that I I I do like to be right, but when I really know I'm not right. I'll admit it. <laughs> that is called growth. <laughs> Jeremy, how was your week? Uh, not too bad. Just, you know, work. Okay. <laughs> I mean, pesky, work. Pesky thing we do to continue living in this modern world. I got a text from teacher Drew from Phoenix who told me that he finally saw Halloween Kills and really liked it or didn't hate it like he thought he would or something along those lines. Oh, okay. um, in particular, he said, I finally saw Halloween Kills. Surprisingly, I didn't hate it. I'll post a quick review in a bit. And I haven't had a chance to check out Letterboxd yet. I imagine that's what he's referring to. Mm -hmm. But we also have a telegram from teacher Drew. Who oh, okay. Hey guys, I loved episode 62 and it still sounded amazing, even though it wasn't edited. Talking about the Scream episode where yep. we just put it out raw. Yeah. We said in parentheses, but of course you are professionals. <laughs> I'm so glad you liked Scream 2022. I was drawn in within the first few minutes and loved the new yet familiar ride they took us on. This was a love letter to the fans, an homage to horror movies and those who love them. It was genius. I had the honor of taking a good friend to his very first horror movie in a theater. Scream was perfect for his first cinematic experience and he loved it he did his homework and he watched the others in the series this past week my ranking including the latest entry is one five three two four there i said it till next time love to you both teacher drew in phoenix i imagine there i said it is in response to four being in last place, but I support that. I, I, I three and four kind of, eh. I was gonna say, or three being so highly rated. Cause when we would put that on social media, like rank the movies, I'm like so many people were putting three real high. And I'm like, you're all crazy. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and I mean, that post is still up. If you want to go and show us what you rank Scream, put it in our in our Instagram, Scaring and Sharing. We'd love to hear what you think. It is fun. I feel like only one person shared my common feeling. I think um, my friend Matt, who lives out in California, I think he shares the same ranking that I have. But I definitely don't think anyone has the same ranking as my husband, which is definitely three is number one, um, which is insane. And then I think my friend Trey has a really an interesting ranking as well. I can't quite remember, but I went um, I went to go see it again this week, Scream, mm. with my friend Trey, and um, it, it was fun to rewatch it. I, I liked it just as much. I didn't go walk away going, oh, you know what? 
I did watch, there is this gal named Emma who has a YouTube channel, Spooky Astronaut, and I really like her reviews. She's I, I, uh, British or Australian, I can't recall. I think she might be Australian. And she didn't wasn't fond of it, and she, I mean, she thought it was okay. She didn't love it, but she had some, her harsh criticisms were that it really did a lot of what Four did. And like in regards to talking about like, I mean, here they talk about the requel, but they talk about the sort of remakey sort of thing in four and that this didn't feel particularly fresh, uh, whatever you want to say. But like, I, I think that five just did it so much better than four. I, I really don't think four is great besides ha- Hayden Panettiere. So there I said it, teacher Drew. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And I've seen like lurking on Letterboxd. There's more than a few like people I follow that didn't like five like at all and ranked it really low and i see the hate i think there is something to uh you're just being an old person hating on young people like that's kind of what it is because i find as we get older and these franchises go longer and longer uh there's a lot of critics out there that just they don't they want everything to be a time capsule of like the 90s from their youth and just can't handle new kids coming in with new ideas and newfangled stuff they like that's just different and a different vibe from how it used to be so you know get with the times people my friend trey also brought up a term i've never heard before his husband matt is really into movies kind of like you are like he loves godzilla and things like that Mm -hmm. and a little bit more of like the elevated horror and trey does not like those sorts of movies he is much more like scream is like his all-time favorite and Mm -hmm. matt his husband said you like your hot girl horror (laughs) like that's what he calls the kind of movies that trey likes which is like scream and i know you did last summer and not necessarily like know like naked chicks because trey is gay but like like hot girls <laughs> like yeah. like like sort of that polished splashy yeah. like sort of horror movie it's the sexy teens being murdered like yeah and halloween he loves halloween as well like yep, so yep. That that's fits what those that. are that's what those are <laughs> sexy teens getting stalked and killed yeah but i like hot girl horror hgh i'm just a crazy maniac i like a little bit of everything but i definitely have a soft spot for slashers and uh monsters so you really do i need a cool villain i like a cool villain concept so yep so this past Monday, we had off for the holiday, and my husband said something to me that I never in a million years thought he'd ever say, uh-huh. and that was, today I'm going to watch The Toxic Avenger, and then The Toxic Avenger, the musical. Would you like to watch those? <laughs> and I was like, excuse me? What? what? Where are we being invaded by the body snatchers? <laughs> Are yeah. you a pod person? Whoa. So that was wild. And I was like, um, sure. Yeah, I think I'm not doing anything today. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so we watched a Toxic Avenger. And you know what? I honestly haven't like picked his brain on what he thought of it. But I mm-hmm. think he thought it was fine. I don't like he didn't like say, let's turn this off. I don't want to watch this. Like he watched all the thing. He definitely laughed a lot. And there were definitely like all those un- uncomfortable moments because it is so not un-PC, non-PC, whatever. Yes, it incredibly is. Incredibly, like so, even so much. Sometimes, even like a lot of the old trauma movies, especially, like they went into it attempting to offend. So even by the like the casual, not PC standards of the 80s, they pushed it further. Like they went harder than that, like on purpose. So yeah, but so I need to like pick his brain a little, and I should have done it before this episode. But I, I don't think he hated it. I think he thought it was fine. Um, there were definitely some moments I heard him chuckling and things like that. So that's always good. Then we tried to watch, and the whole reason this happened, I think, is we're like we're trying to figure out what the season will be next year at the Ringwald. And I think that he like we've done Evil Dead the musical multiple times, and I think we're just looking for something fun to sort of fill that that slot. Yeah. So Toxic Avenger. Right. So there's a really good version up on like my little super secret side. I think it's also on like Broadway HD or something, but Mm -hmm. there's like a professionally recorded version of it. So we started watching it and it was great for a little bit. Like it starts off super strong, like with a bang. The music is great. It's catchy. It's fun. It's only five people in the cast. It's like they play multiple parts. And then it just drags like the thing in entirety without intermissions, because, of course, they don't 
have the intermissions in the recording is two hours. Like oh, wow. it's just something that has that sort of vibe. I feel is best when it is short. Yeah, that's longer than all of the movies. Yeah, and it feels like they're just throwing in songs to just make it longer and to give people more to do even though there's only five of them they're constantly doing something and the story mm-hmm. is really switched up like like the girlfriend he knows her from the start the the blind girl and she like works at a library and and like mm-hmm. the mayor of the town is like a, a woman and it 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 like really does some it's essentially the plot but there isn't like a gym and and shit like that like oh. there's not like the they do a lot of different things with it, but it's like still like the corrupt mayor and things like that. But like an hour in, I was like, are you okay if we don't finish this? He's like, oh my God, please. Like, this is so horrible. And mm-hmm. it really wasn't horrible. It just like, it if it had like 30 minutes trimmed out of it and it was just tighter, I think it could have been good, but it was just not great. Yeah. Which was unfortunate. I was, I was hoping that, you know, I could see that done at the ring wall someday but yeah i wonder if it's possible to cut some songs or something like that or i mean you can't legally do that yeah you have Um, to do it i mean you can you in order to do it you have to like write and ask permission and probably Mm -hmm. give some strong reasons not like we don't like this song we think this story is better without this but more like this asks for a water slide and there's no possible way we can do that so can we cut it like that sort of reasoning i think you can like get around some things sometimes sure sure oh but that's fun i i was just recently thinking too i want to do um uh, as we did, I don't know, was it last year? It was when we first started, I can't remember. But I did like a month of trauma for you uh, in the show. You and did. I'm, and I'm thinking about doing that again sometime oh, this God. year. Because uh, they got a pretty deep catalog. And I was like, oh, there's a lot of other stuff I'd like to work into the <laughs> into the show. So okay. I'm, 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 I'm plotting and planning. It might happen again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think you'll well, like some of them. There's some other deep cuts that I skipped over, so. Okay. Did you watch anything this week? Oh, I was just taking a look. I don't think anything. Let's see. Actually, you know what? Worth mentioning is uh, I watched a uh, flick. Uh, It's called Wolf Guy. And I believe sometimes the title is Wolf Guy colon enraged lycanthrope, which is a. (laughs) Oh, my God. It gets crazier. It's a Japanese 70s Japanese flick uh, with Sonny Chiba as the star. Sonny Chiba was a big in the 70s. He was a martial arts action star from Japan. Uh, and he had a little bit of crossover into uh, the US. Um, he actually passed away last year. Uh, rest in peace. Was it last year? Yeah, it was last summer from COVID, unfortunately. Uh. But uh, anyway, Sonny Chiba, it's a horror action police detective like story it's got so much going on it's totally bonkers uh i guess it's based on a manga series or actually i don't even know it's either manga or a series of like novels from japan uh where like the lead guy the wolf guy he's a they keep calling him a wolf man but he never transforms or anything like that like he's just a wolfish dude i guess he's got like powers practically like spider-man like he's strong and fast and can heal from like there's a scene where he got captured by like these government bad guys that are experimenting on him and they like vivisect him (laughs) and like through his power of will he like makes his guts go back inside and heals himself it's insane weird it's so weird uh i really don't know like It's one of those movies that defies like explanation and rating, uh, but I had fun with it. It's utterly bizarre. That sounds weird. Have you heard yep. about this Netflix show called Archive 81? Yeah. Uh, Sarah and I actually watched the first episode together. How was it? I've had some people write me about it. I think it's okay. Okay. Uh, based off of the first episode, I can't tell if it's going to be like, it's got some interesting stuff, but it, it's definitely like taking its time telling the story so i'm like okay they either need to throw in some uh in the next episode there better be some developments or it's going to be a show that i unfortunately probably fall off of because it's just not keeping my attention i heard it was um based on a podcast yeah yep and it works into the plot they talk about like there's a podcast in the plot of the thing so i'm like oh okay okay, that's how they're doing it but uh it seems interesting so far is it foreign no i believe it's american okay 
Interesting. I will have to check it out. Yeah, I'd say check out the first up. It's got some, gives you some nostalgia vibes if you were like, I'm sure like any horror maniac, you were big in the video era, videotapes and stuff like that. Uh, and it gives you some nostalgia vibes for that. Is it found footage? Kind of. Okay. Kind of. It's It's funny that like it'll have it's this guy this archivist who's restoring these videotapes for like purposes that he gets hired you don't know yet but um he'll start watching like what's on the tape but then the show will like transition to like not found footage but like now a fully produced you know it changes scenes like it changes narrative to what's going on in the tape so interesting kind of uses it as a gateway found footage as a gateway to then just uh tell like multiple storylines at the same time okay I started watching that folk documentary. Um, oh, the folk horror documentary? Yeah. yeah. Like, the leaves are dark and the forests are scary or whatever the title. <laughs> I, like, can never remember the title. It is a very lavish sort of title. And it was fine and interesting. I'm like, oh, maybe I, I, I don't know. It seems like something really up your alley. I don't know okay. that it, I, I want to get to the more contemporary stuff. I think that's where I will find interest. And last night I tried to watch Eyes of Fire and it just, well, I wasn't in the mood for it. Mm-hmm. Some of those movies um, are a little bit heady <laughs> for you. Like you have to be in the right yeah. state of mind, I think, to really get into them. Elevated horror, if you will. Yeah. Elevated horror indeed, which I'm yes. a big fan of. But yeah, sometimes it can be too elevated. Yeah, indeed. <laughs> and then I, I finished Chucky this week, which I really liked. I thought it was just so much fun. It did some really cool things. Like the acting wasn't always great and all that, but it was fun. And I just thought, like, how exciting, like, that this franchise has survived so long, like th- over 30 years. Like, it is still going and keeping things fresh and mm-hmm. innovative and... And and I just find that impressive and that the, the TV series really wound in like they talked some about their child, mm-hmm. Glenda, Glinda, Glenda? Glenn, Glenn or Glenda, because yeah. it was they were referencing the uh, the Ed Wood movie. Glenn or I Glenda. I think that Jennifer Tilly specifically said Glenda, but yeah, OK, I don't remember the plot of <laughs> But I just love that they they pay service to all of their films, except for the remake, which is fine. And maybe there Mm -hmm. were Easter eggs. I don't know. But maybe. Well, the remake, I understand, is totally like I don't even think uh, what's his name, Don Mancini. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't think he had anything to do with the remake. So. I mean, that wouldn't surprise me. Other than like a maybe an executive producer credit, because, you know, they always do that for like you were the creator of the series. So we'll throw you a bone. Mm hmm. Oh, wait, I thought of one more thing I watched. What? Sorry. So Chucky was good. I need to yes. catch it when it like if it ends up streaming somewhere in full. Yeah, I binge it. Um, so, yeah, but I was watching before we started recording. I was watching Hellraiser 4 Bloodline. Oh, um, because that's the one in the past. And the future. Oh, that's the, the one with it, it's got three plot lines. It shows the creation of the puzzle box. It has a storyline set in the far future aboard a space station. So it's pinhead in space. It's that one. Uh, And then there's one set during like the present, which was the nineties of uh, like, it's these, it's supposed to be the, the entire lineage of Le Marcand was the guy that created the puzzle box. And it's his like him in the past and then his descendants and the other storylines. And they're like being intertwined with pinhead and hell. Um, And it's, you know, I don't know why I saw it. It's on um, Paramount Plus. I have that as an Amazon channel right now because they had done a uh, deal around the holidays for like a couple months. It's only 99 cents. So I was like, okay, I'll watch some of the stuff that's on here. Um, But they have some of the Hellraiser movies. And I was like, Hellraiser 4. I remember seeing this at least twice. Like I saw it as a kid, I think, when it first came out. And then sometime in my adult life and i was like i'll give this another shake because i know it's one that like people either are just you know it's trash like a lot of the sequels but there are some defenders so i wanted to give it a watch again and it's it's ambitious i'll give it that like they really swung for the fences with it it's just production value and i looked up the budget too and it was made for more money than like the original and the original sequel wow it still looks really cheap that's crazy. So, yeah, I'm like, I don't know what's going on there. And they got a lot of actors who don't necessarily like it's got Adam Scott in his first movie ever. 
Wow. Which is weird to, to watch. Kick things off. Yeah. So it, it's uh it's a little wonky, but I don't know. I thought it was kind of fun. Okay. Yeah, it's not great, but I don't think it's the worst of the Hellraiser sequels because they get way worse as they oh, go yeah. forward. So the one without Doug Bradley looks really bad. It's it's atrocious. I think it's <laughs> I've I saw it once when it first dropped on, you know, straight to video. Uh, and I told people it was one of the worst movies I think I've ever seen, period. It's um, like if you're not going to have Doug Bradley, I feel do something totally else. Like don't have Hell don't have Pinhead be like the lead, like create yeah. something new and you could still call it Hellraiser, but like don't try to do mm -hmm. that. And that's one of the uh, that's one of the good things in Hellraiser 4 is it it honestly has some of the best dialogue like Pinhead ever had in the movies because you know Doug Bradley just gives those grandiose mm -hmm. scary speeches and there's one in there in 4 what does he say? Uh do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? And you're like <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Then he that kills some people awesome. of course. So you're like that's good. That's good. Love Doug Bradley. Is that the one with CD head? That's three. Oh, okay. Three has the DJ that gets a CD player. And a, the, I, I've read so many things where people are like, the worst part of Hellraiser 3 is like all the new Cenobites created in it are so dated now because they decided to make them based off of like technology from the early 90s. So there's a guy that shoots CDs out of his face. Yeah. There's a guy with an old TV camera like attached to his head. Oh my God. Like, oh uh, yeah, these look atrocious. They look like bad Power Rangers villains now. That is some crazy shit. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. I've only seen one and two and bits of the other ones, like very tiny bits. I, I, I have a soft spot for three still as ridiculous as it is. I think it's still a pretty decent movie, but three was like the, well, actually no four was the last one that had actual input from Clive Barker. Uh, and he wanted it to be done after four, but they just kept going. And that's where they get, I think as soon as Clive is totally out of the picture, that's where it's just whoa, huge drop in quality. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Well, shall we share our movies with each other? Yeah, let's get to it. All right. So if you're listening for the very first time, first off, hello. And secondly, um, Jeremy and I assign a movie to each other that the other one has not seen before. We talk about an infamous list. On that list is written many films that we have not seen and we try to keep track. And sometimes we go off the list. It just depends. Mm -hmm. Which is what I'm going to do today. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm going off list. All right. You're confident. Yeah, I am confident. Actually, I'm not. I actually had <laughs> I had two like uh, out of left field kind of choices pop into my head and both are off list, but I'm not sure which one I'm going to say. I go first, don't I? You do. I do. OK, uh, I want to just have some dumb fun this week. And I know I've talked about the movie before, so I'm going with Willie's Wonderland. OK, that's like the most contemporary movie you've ever given me. I think it is. I saw it like it's streaming somewhere on one of the services I subscribed to. And I was like, oh, we should do that. I want to make him watch that. And I had fun the first time I saw it. So let's see if I still feel uh, good things about it on another watch. So so it's somehow Nicolas Cage gets like. I don't know if he's like a security guard or he's working at like somewhere sort of like showbiz pizza or Chuck E. Cheese and he gets stuck there for the night and the things come alive and he has to like fight for his life and maybe other people's lives. I don't know. And, and I think he speaks nary a word in it is my understanding. So I think it's, um, I don't know if Five Nights at Freddy, it seems like sort of in line with what that's all about, that video game, which they've also talked about mm -hmm. making a movie of. And I don't know if that's happening or not, but. Yeah, that that movie keeps getting delayed. Yeah, or development. It keeps like it, it's in development hell, as they say, is what happened to Five Nights at Freddy's. So, mm -hmm. and the reason I've not seen it is I I don't know. Like it's it's not like oh I have no interest in seeing that. It's something like oh that would be interesting, but I I don't normally run to Nicolas Cage with open arms and be not like hearts. me. No, which I, I do. I'm, if you're joining us for the first time, you'll quickly learn I am an unabashed Nicolas Cage fan, especially the things he's done in the horror genre, because those are just usually even more bonkers than its normal work. So, yeah, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cool. 
And I'm giving you a movie based on the weather today and the vibe of this movie, mm. I think, fits very appropriately. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that is The Black Coat's Daughter. Okay, The Black Coat's Daughter. I have heard about this. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, call this one of those, like, best new movies when it came out like horror movies from a couple years ago i like i don't know anything about it like i feel like for some reason i keep thinking it's a period piece like maybe the 1800s or something like that i could be way wrong for some reason i want to say it has something to do with doctors but it probably i have no idea uh it, <laughs> i think it's a doctor in the 1800s that's haunted by ghosts all right I'm probably way off. So let's go with that. And why haven't you seen it? I don't know. This is one of those movies where I've just heard the title and I don't even think I've ever seen a trailer. So I have no idea. But well, that's I think fun. A, I, think a, I think a title that says vague as the Black Coat's daughter, it just, I wasn't like, I gotta see that. You know, if it was called like Bigfoot Knife Fight, I'd be like, that sounds awesome. But like, just, <laughs> just the Black Coat's daughter, I never. All I'd ever heard is people are like, it's great, but I have no idea what it was about. So, okay, that's it. Well, let's watch them and come back. Cool. Sid, don't you blame the movies. Movies don't create psychos. Movies make psychos more creative. It's your birthday, and we want you to have fun. It's your birthday. Okay, guys. Do you have that on LP? Ooh, I should see if that soundtrack's out there. It's kind of fun. <laughs> and if you haven't figured it out, everybody, you know, that's Willy's Wonderland, if you didn't watch it. So yeah, already coming at you with the references. Now, can you remember any of those tunes from your childhood and the different places? I, I do remember head, shoulders, knees, and toes. Um, well, of course. Of course. But I mean, like, not from the movie, but like from the, the location. Oh, <laughs> from the actual. No, yes. not at all. I don't remember any of the songs from any of those places. Okay. I know they had them, and I know I went to many a Chuck E. Cheese as a kid, but I don't remember very much about it. Okay. I do remember, though, every Chuck E. Cheese, it seemed like one or two or all of the animatronics didn't work anymore. <laughs> so, oh, wow. So they were always either just up there as like some spooky graveyard of <laughs> crazy animal characters or they would like, you know, one would be doing its things like, what do you think, bear? And then nothing. because That one was <laughs> broken and then they would continue on. Or it would just go like rah, 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 and make horrible noises. Oh, God. Yep, I don't remember anything like that ever happening. Those are all my memories. Of all right. Those sorts of places. Well, let's dive into it. Yeah, let's do it. Willie's Wonderland. First up, their idea of fun is killer. And the description is when his car breaks down, a quiet loner agrees to clean an abandoned family fun center in exchange for repairs. He soon finds himself waging war against possessed animatronic mascots while trapped inside Willie's Wonderland. So I'm adopting this from my friends over at Three Funny Ladies, my husband's podcast. I think after we read the review or the, the um, summary, we say whether we think the other person liked it or not. <laughs> oh, that's what we're going to do now? Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying we always have to, but let's try it. I think you hated it. <laughs> Is that your official stance? That's my official stance. I did not hate it. Okay. I did not love it. Mm-hmm. It really was not right smack dab in the middle. I'd say it's more on the lines of like, eh. and here's the thing. I, I I love the idea. I just wish, I guess I wish it would have gone like further. Like, I mean, there is some mm -hmm. gore. It is a little bit silly, but I want, I wanted the trauma version of this movie. Yeah. Is what I wanted. Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't like the kids. I, uh, in particular, as much as like, I think that lead girl, she's like, you know, uh, an actress of color. And I appreciate that. But I, I thought I found her annoying. Like her voice, I found really annoying. 
I wanted to get like behind her. I want it to be like Zendaya. <laughs> like mm-hmm. I want her to be like awesome and like kick ass, but I just thought she was fine. I mean, Nicolas Cage was great. And like I said, I the idea as silly as it is, I was all on board for it to be sort of like, okay, take me away. And um, and it didn't. I also wondered if it was like somehow reversed. Like if the kids were in there and Nicolas Cage somehow had a reason to need to get into it to save the kids, that it would maybe make more sense that the kids were trapped in there and they were getting killed off one by one and he had to get in and like save the day somehow. Although there is something very amusing to him, like not giving a shit and being like, oh, I need to go have my my jolt or whatever it's called. My energy drink and play (laughs) pinball. Yeah. Like that was my favorite part. And him cleaning. I love too. I loved him cleaning. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's the thing with this. This like re, I've seen this once before, and rewatching it again, uh, I've I've started to come around more to reviews that were like, this feels like half a movie or like a good idea for a movie, but they didn't like fully realize it. In that, the kids are so generic and really add very little, and are there to just like give a body count. So there's not a lot going on there. Nicholas Cage's performance is great. Uh, and like you said, it, somehow he's charming and like magnetic just watching him like play pinball and like kill a kill a gorilla or whatever. And oh, that then, was the best. The and curbing. then clean himself up and go back to cleaning. Like he's just determined to get this job done, regardless of the demonic animatronics that are attacking him. So I do wonder too if they hadn't committed to the whole like silent hero thing so mm-hmm. much so like if they gave him a little bit of a character arc you might have some more story there or, or a little or get to know him a little bit as opposed to just like well he's the hero that's all you need to know like if we knew a little bit about him it might help out now there's one thing i absolutely loved about this movie and i knew from the moment that i knew it was a part of the movie that i was going to because it's mm. A constant, and that is the appearance of Beth Grant because I love her mm-hmm. so much. She brings me so much joy. I think she is like, I didn't even know. I mean, when I saw her in Child's Play 2 the first time, I just thought, God, I hate that teacher so much. And then I think it was Donnie Darko that sort of solidified me loving her. And then she's in this like gay cult classic called Sorted Lives. And I, she's brilliant in that. And that was sort of the capper on everything. And then ever since then, anytime I see her, I love her. She's such a great character actress. I loved seeing her be a sheriff. Like she's a little bit up there in age. And I loved that she could still be like sheriff. And yeah, I, I love I love her. So I was really happy about that. I also wondered how this movie would have been if it could have been more bonkers in the way of like, it was a full house of people and they're having a big party and shit went down with animatronics and they were killing people left and right. And somehow, you know, Nicolas Cage was there to save the day or whatever. Like, I, I, mm. I like that idea more than I like this like run down thing that's there just to do what it needs to do. I'm not going to get totally spoilery um, because I don't think I need to, but like it's there for a reason. And I don't, I don't know. I'm less behind that. I think I would have been more behind it. Just like, even if it would have been possession or whatever, but all of a sudden the animatronics go fucking batshit and like Mm -hmm. with a restaurant full of people. And I think I would have enjoyed that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That would have been cool. I imagine the movie we got, I'm sure is because of budget constraints. I don't think there was an awful lot of money. This was kind of like a passion project of Nicolas Cage's, funny enough, because um, the script, uh, the guy that wrote the script, I don't know if he actually did make a short film or if he was planning to do a short film, but it was originally called Wally's Wonderland, which I guess the name got changed because there was some sort of copyright issue to Willie, but he wrote it and put it on something called The Blood List. Is that like the blacklist, like those scripts that like are That's so good it, but ha- need to be made or whatever? There's something like that in Hollywood. The Blood List is a survey of unproduced thriller and horror scripts voted upon by industry professionals. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's like the blacklist, but for horror movies. Um, but somehow Nicolas Cage found it on there and read it and loved the script. And like, that's how it got made was because he threw himself behind it as a producer and that's how it happened simply because he read the script and he loved what was in it and was like i would really like to beat up an animatronic ostrich that's something i've never done in my career so i want to do this movie so that's that's kind of neat i also feel like it could have worked better if there would have been 
more to the world than just these animatronics like in like a Chuck E. Cheese or whatever. I just like if it would have been like an amusement park and this was one aspect of it. And but the whole amusement park is like all fucked, like a haunted yeah. amusement park. Like I feel that could cause it just after like they're not scary. Like it's like, oh, how are they gonna kill someone? But like I never was like, oh God, it's so creepy. Like Yeah, no, no, they're just weird. They're just <laughs> well, weird. Yeah, I was hoping uh they say that th- I guess this movie's done well enough to warrant talk of a sequel. Um That makes sense. So I would hope that sequel slash like requel is what I'd like them to do already with it, where it's like, take this concept, but make it bigger. Like you're saying uh, with a bigger budget behind it to see, you know, uh, something crazier with a lot of people, more animatronics, wilder stuff. Let the imagination run wild. And some review I read talked about how much they hated the CG, but like I had a note about how I appreciate all the practical effects. So was there a lot of CG? I didn't notice a lot of CG. I didn't either. I guess if there no. was, I thought it was fairly well done. Because for the most part, you can tell these are like skinny people in like costumes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not I... all skinny. Like the gorilla doesn't have to be skinny, but like the the fairy needs to be like a very thin girl yeah. wrapped in like fabric <laughs> or yeah, person. I, it doesn't need I, to be a girl. I think the Tinkerbell uh, one had like a CG like face uh, that did oh, some sure. motions mm-hmm. and stuff. And the ostrich was like CG in that, that fight scene for moments. So uh, I thought it was fairly well done though. Pretty seamless. Yeah. yeah. The one thing that drove me nuts was like the lens of the camera. Like mm-hmm. I thought my TV ratio was like messed up. It would do this thing where like the person in the middle was all fine, but anyone on the sides that like distorted how they looked like it yeah. made them like, I don't know what kind of a lens it was, but it drove me bonkers. Yeah. They did a lot of lens flare uh, in there, which is, you know, literally the light reflecting off the camera lens. So uh-huh. uh, that's something JJ Abrams loves to do in his movies on purpose. But um, yeah, there was some lens flare in there and yeah, whatever that, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm sure that's a stylistic choice by the like uh, a fisheye lens or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, something, something like that. similar to that, where yeah, it kind of obscures as it gets to the peripheries, uh, and like uh, it, it morphs things as it gets to the yes the outside of the image. Um, yeah, that was. I'm sure that was a stylistic choice. Probably, I, I bet to try and give it a little bit of like identity flair for a low budget like horror movie. But whether it worked or not, who knows. It also, I feel, could have, if it would have been like one of those grindhouse movies, like mm-hmm. where it was like com- combined with something and it was shorter, mm-hmm. like if it would have been like a 50 minute movie that even went further with those stylistic choices that it already made, but also made it feel like a, a movie from the 80s or something like that. Like, I feel like I would have been more behind something along those lines as well. Yeah, it, 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 it kind of some of the best reviews I think I saw in like letterbox for people are like, it's a fun idea and it should be like a crazy idea that sort of took itself a little too seriously. Like it wasn't having enough fun with how weird this could have been. Um, again, you get your moments like uh, Nicholas cage dancing <laughs> while he was playing pinball in that one scene mm-hmm. towards the end. Like that's amazing. And apparently it was ad libbed. He just did that, uh, which seems very Nicolas Cage like. Is it called ad libbed if you don't speak? I don't know that it is. Oh Improved? sure. Improved. Improved. There you go. It was <laughs> improved by him, like right there when they shot that. Um, and and the scene where he's got to fight. He, you know, he's zip tied because uh, the police tried to arrest him, and he's got to fight the two animatronics at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he kicks the jukebox, and head, shoulders, knees, and toes starts up as the fight music, like that is hilarious that just i don't know i laughed out loud as soon as that happened yeah the music was good now when i grew up in wyoming and billings montana was showbiz pizza which was like this yeah you were familiar with chuck e cheese or was showbiz pizza a thing around here too uh i don't know about showbiz pizza but okay chuck e cheese very familiar with and then um again i don't know if this was a local thing uh we had one near me growing up called major magic Okay, yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, and it had like a weird wizard slash army guy as the, uh, as the mascot. So major magic. One year here in Michigan, I mean, probably like 18 years ago, we were going to go to a Chuck E. Cheese 
because we knew they had like beer. It was like my birthday and we were going to go there mm-hmm. because we wanted to like have beer and play games. But we couldn't for like, I wonder if you can't go in if you don't have kids. There was something, there was some reason like we couldn't. Mm-hmm. Do you think that there's a rule like that? Or there was like that you there... couldn't come in without kids? Like, cause that's creepy. I think it's uh, technically, I think Chuck E. Cheese's are like a franchise. So I think it's by like owner. Uh, of the okay. establishment itself like I wonder because there's i don't i don't think i don't think there's like a company-wide rule i think it's like store by store or they uh, didn't location have beer. By location. it had to have been it was one of those true that we couldn't come in without kids or we wanted to drink because it was my birthday some of them don't have liquor licenses i know so there that might have been alcohol at it so yeah okay yeah and we just went to some other pizza joint and i drank my pbr and i ate that pizza because pbr was my drink of choice i remember for some reason to you saying that i'm like that was like a thing i feel like that died uh you young kids you guys got no idea unless you guys still want to go to chuck e cheese and drink there but that seemed to be a thing to do like when i was in college like people thought that was a fun thing to do it seems uh, fun yeah it sounds fun that or go to laser tag drunk did mm. that that was no. the other thing that was the other no. thing i so, don't want that <laughs> that was crazy uh but yeah i thought nicholas cage was i knew he didn't speak i knew he was stuck in there and had to fight for his life uh but i thought he might be like a security guard or something like that and I, that was wrong, but the rest oh, oh, was right. Also, the tow truck driver. I love the fact that he's chewing on like a Slim Jim the whole movie. <laughs> like it's too. a cigar. Like that's hilarious. See, the choices like that are great because I can just assume. I don't think they ever addressed it, but I can assume he like used to smoke a lot because they make a comment about like the the owner of the place. Like I thought you quit or something, right? Is yeah. there something in there? Like yeah, that? yeah, they did. He's like this so, is my last one. Yeah, so I can like assume that the the tow truck driver guy also like you know used to smoke and is now like that's what he does like like i love little choices like that it's like so smart mm-hmm. very fun and helps round out your characters and that's really it guys there's not a lot to this movie yeah it's literally just nicholas cage fighting evil animatronics and yeah now wait do you know willie i mean five nights at willie's or five nights at five freddy's? nights at freddy's i'm aware of it do you think they tried to sue this movie like you stole this idea i just saw online that like a lot of fans were like hey it's the same thing but i don't think any like lawsuits or anything happened five nights at cages generic enough it's it's jenny enough yeah i think so if you do it right okay just a broad concept and the (laughs) again like i said in the first half the five nights at freddy's uh movie apparently is stuck in development hell i don't think it'll ever happen so instead i'm curious I'm curious what the plot of that is like and how it compares to this. So if any listeners are out there who know real well, I would love to know. So scaring is sharing at gmail.com. Thank you so much. So yeah, a moment of truth out of five animatronic weasels. How many do you give it? I'm going to give it two. I had enough fun with this, so I give it a three. All right. And- well, you know what that means. We got a... <laughs> Scream. That's our first split scream in a while. Yeah, and I do love that sound effect from yep. Nick the Knife. So Yep, and it's just just barely a split scream. It's not even like a real Yeah. Con- it's not a real contentious one. It's like just like a little hole in your butt. Yeah, this is a tiny tear. <laughs> a tiny tear. <laughs> Since we have our tiny terrors, which is hard mm-hmm. to say, it's a tiny tear. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Nick, get us another one. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to a movie that could not be more opposite. Mm. <laughs> the Black Coat's Daughter. It, the tagline is, abandoned as a child, raised by the dark. In the dead of winter, Kat and Rose, two very different girls, find themselves spending winter break at their prestigious prep school. What they don't know is that Kat is being stalked by an evil entity, and their lives are about to change forever. Meanwhile, Joan, a young troubled woman, makes her way across a frozen landscape towards the school. But why? All right, so my assumption of you is that you did not like it. Uh, I wouldn't go as far as to say I did not like it. <laughs> You're just pulling a me from Willie's Wonderland. Yeah, no, but I was pretty meh 
honestly. <laughs> I know I was going to lead off. I'm like, hopefully I'm not disappointing you, but I was not electrified by this story like whatsoever. I can get that. But I do want to say I thought the Black Coat's daughter is a dumb name. Um, well, I have I have a story about that. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, I did see there was an alternate title, but enlighten yes. me with the story. So yes, originally it was called February. It's directed by Oz Perkins, who's Anthony Perkins' son. It was his debut. Which I was excited to see that. That's real cool. Yeah, because he also directed um, The Pretty Young Thing That Lives in the House or whatever, which I tried to watch and I was like, if you think this is boring, like I thought that movie was oh, a total uh-oh. snooze fest. Uh-oh. But he also directed Gretel and Hansel, which I really liked. Oh, okay. It's it's like I think his highest budget film, but sure. and th- this like got stuck in hell for a little bit. Like I feel like the pretty thing that lives in the house or whatever. I feel like that came out first on Netflix and did fairly well, and then I think that then this got a wider re- release. Yeah, yeah. But he originally called it Febru- February. Because- Much better title. Do you think so? I think so. I, I okay. think I would be been more excited about it. Or- once all was said and done, if this was called February, I'd be like, yeah, that works. But Black Coat's <laughs> daughter, I'm like, what? Because he said it referenced how certain times of the year or anniversaries can be so triggering that it's as if you've actually revisited them. And so he feels that that's here because it takes place in February, which I was like a week off. I just picked it because of the snow. But if I would have chosen it next week, it would have been more appropriate since it yeah. would be in February. We're almost there, but it does feel like... February, you know, winter, it's like the worst part of winter always. Yes. So A24, who released it, did not like the title. And they told him that they didn't want him to use it. And they gave him all these alternative titles, none of which he liked. So he kept going back to the movie. And there's this song that's in, I think, at the beginning and the end. And Mm -hmm. one of the lyrics is, Beetle, Beetle, Black Coat's Daughter, What Was in the Holy Water? And that sort of stuck with him. And he liked the idea of Black Coat's Daughter because he said there's not like really a definition of it. But it could apply to the Black Coat being the devil or a priest or a father figure, but it reflects the idea of a young woman being raised by a dark, benevolent force. Mm-hmm. And I like okay. that. I can get behind that. Yeah, I think I, can... I think it has a better title with Black Coat's daughter. Than... I think February just, is, I agree with A24 that that is just total hmm. Jenny. See, I like it because it really speaks to the isolation of the movie. So, so here's my thing. Story, I just did not care at all what was happening it dragged and i was like this is not grabbing me the tone and the feeling of this movie i was all about like the the cold and the isolation and the dark very cool i don't know i mean this movie i'm watching i'm like okay so it's like evil mean girls uh meets the thing because they're stuck you know for the most part uh isolated in the snow and that's really where i went with it uh although the the scene uh so when sabrina the teenage witch i can't remember anybody's name but when sabrina calls the nurse a cunt and then <laughs> what's her face is just like Ooh! i laughed out loud at that because that was like the greatest greatest spit take ever so what's interesting about that whole story because in the beginning rose who is the the popular girl, if you will, the pregnant girl. Yeah. She tells that story to her because watching it a second time, like really like some things like sort of fell into place for me because mm-hmm. the first time, like it is a little nonlinear for a bit. And that sort of like first twist or really the only twist really sort of happens a little sooner than I thought it was going to, than, than I remembered it happening. But she tells, she tells Kat, who is Sabrina, that, there were two sisters who like were sort of like summoning the devil in the basement. And those are those two like nuns. So there's this sort of like history behind the whole place. Like maybe those two like sisters like sort of summoned the demon and then the demon like sort of came back for this girl who it's a little unclear, but maybe her parents died. But then they talk about like, why aren't your parents here to pick you up? So it's confusing in regards to like, did her parents die? Is she have, but she's definitely like a loner and like the perfect vessel, if you will, for evil. Mm-hmm. And um, the music was by Elvis Perkins, who was Oz's brother. which is sweet and did you know that oz perkins played young norman in psycho 2 isn't that cute yeah it is it is very (laughs) exciting yeah this movie did feel really uh uh 
felt like he was aping David Lynch a little bit in that uh, it gets a little nonlinear, almost operating on dream logic at times. Cause I'm pretty sure I'm like, I don't actually know what the plot of this was by the time it was done. Um, it, somebody's possessed, I guess, maybe. Uh, it, again, it seems to be operating on that obtuse sort of, sort of nebulousness, uh, open to interpretation uh, in a way that I'm sure if I watched it again, it'd make more sense. I'd put more together. Um, but yeah, it was a little, and like I said, after a point, I kind of checked out of the story and was more just like, this looks cool. And it's got a cool vibe. See, uh, I'm sort of the opposite. I found, I tried to watch it once and I was so bored in the beginning. So like I stopped maybe like 15, 20 minutes in. And then the second time I watched the whole thing and I was like, it kept like investing me as we went along and I kept mm -hmm. getting more and more interested. And that's how this time was as well for me. But now I'm going to talk spoilers because we've talked enough about it. But mm -hmm. the interesting, some things I really love about it is, well, first of all, an interesting side note, like the, the, the couple that, that um, Joan, Emma Roberts sort of shacks up with, like not shacks up, that's the wrong term, but she, that she rides with, they're like, you, you know, the one says, you look like my daughter. And then the mom says like, you don't look anything like her. But I think in all honesty, that Rose girl actually does kind of look like Emma Roberts. Like the first time I was watching, I thought that was Emma Roberts. And I'm like, why does she have blonde hair in the poster? <laughs> and then it's mm -hmm. not her. I also think the poster sort of gives the twist, if you will call it that away, because it's like both of their faces, sort of like the schools like in between them, and then their faces are coming out of it. And I guess it doesn't really give it away, because it could just be a story of these two girls, but it sort of is like, we're the same girl, in mm -hmm. regards to like, Joan and Kat. But I that what really hit me this time was two things. One is like, so there's obviously evil in this movie. There's this demon that possessed her as a girl. And then the dad of Rose says to her, like, you know, I think, like, don't you believe in God? Like, that this all happened for a reason that we met up. And she's like, fuck you. But then she finds out that he is the parents of Rose or that they're the parents. And she's like, you know, I think she's like, oh, like, you know, maybe this was because of for whatever reason, not, not because of God, but because like the devil is bringing me back. Cause like she's going back to be reconnected with the devil. I think that's just, and then she like the devil's not there for her. And it like the, the whole tragedy of that just, I think is so powerful. I was so moved at the end, not like crying, but like I felt it's one of the best performances of Emma Roberts. I don't love her, but I thought mm -hmm. she was really, really good at it. Oh yeah, I think all the performances were solid. Um, and I do like that the devil, the demon, whatever he's supposed to be. I'm assuming they were going for a goat. Uh, but like when you see that silhouette, it, uh, for a second I thought it was Frank the Rabbit from Donnie Darko because it's like a fuzzy <laughs> thing with what looks like ears. And I was like, Frank, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, it that was cool. <laughs> I just, I it's not very often there's like a possession tale where someone is like i mean sometimes they ask for it but then they never really want it in the end but here it's like when the devil's exercised from her the demon rather like she's like don't go like because like she felt like she had someone and she hadn't and then she just is trying to get back to that feeling and so she goes through this sacrifice if you will mm -hmm. like thinking it's gonna help and then it doesn't and i just i don't know i think that end is so powerful i just I really, it really moves me. That's, I, uh, I, I that's, like that's the devil for you, though. <laughs> he will leave you. Yeah, he'll leave you. Kill some people for him. That's all he wanted. <laughs> that's cool. Destruction. <laughs> chaos. But yeah, I, I think it's fun. It's definitely an art house film. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those, like, I do tend to, well, I've only seen a handful, but uh, I wouldn't put it at the top of my list for A24's releases, like treading similar thematic ground. Like I like the witch a lot more Oh yes. uh, than this movie. Not to say it wasn't a terrible movie. I was just pretty meh about the experience. And I was like, okay, yeah, I, I don't even remember this coming out. I remember no marketing, you know, push or anything for this movie. So I was way off in my thought about what is this even about? <laughs> I loved it though. A period piece from the 1800s about doctors yeah. and ghosts. <laughs> I have no idea what movie I'm thinking about, but it's not this. 
Now, how familiar are you with Legally Blonde? Mm, I've seen it, but but not like multiple times. Like <laughs> I, I don't remember. Uh, okay, because yeah, Oz Perkins it. is one of like the sort of misfit students that L gets like oh, linked up with. He's okay. like nerdy and kind of a bigger guy. He's lost a lot of weight now, and I think he's super cute. And for some reason, I thought he was gay, but I did some research and. He's not, at least, you know, he's had a family with, like, a, a woman and mm -hmm. children and things like that. Um, not to say he can't change his mind at some point, but sure, I was wrong. You might be projecting uh, from Anthony Perkins, who was... I, I'm sure that's probably exactly what it was. He, I think Anthony Perkins was bisexual, mm -hmm. actually. Have you so. ever seen that? Like, I don't know that it was his last movie, but there's, like, a the Edge of Sanity or something. I've heard of it, never seen it. Yeah, I haven't either. It looks bad. Yeah, I heard it was. I know it's kind of a cult movie for it. You know, so bad it's good. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and I recently was watching one of those like sequels that everyone thought were gonna be horrible but weren't, and Psycho Two was on there. And I thought I rewatched it not too long ago and was not crazy about it. I thought it was boring, but yeah, I've always heard Psycho. Like, I've seen bits and pieces of all of them uh, the sequels of course i've seen the original psycho like a million times but i've seen you know two three four like the actual everything with anthony perkins still in it like i've seen bits and pieces of all of those uh and i remember them they kind of run together as one movie it's one bad movie in my mind but <laughs> everyone tells me that psycho 2 is good uh three is ridiculous is absurd i've heard like three i know psycho three was the one that anthony perkins directed and oh. that's supposed to, that's supposed to be a so bad it's good cult movie to some people and then i've heard psycho four the beginning oh i've seen that for sure is okay. it was on it was on showtime yeah i remember that and then i have also seen bates motel not the tv series but the bud court movie i remember when that came out so that was 87 so i was like eight years old and i remember watching that when it was on tv oh wow i keep like putting it together like when i started watching scary movies based on like when certain things came out but it's like you never know i'm i was in wyoming you never know when it got to me but i know mm -hmm. i watched that on tv and that has like Lori petty in it and jason bateman so crazy. Mm. And I remember loving it, but I think I've tried to watch it since and it is bad. But I do love Bates Motel, the TV show, although I did not watch the last season and I would like to. I started it when it like I, I was watching it like when it was on TV uh, first, like few episodes and then fell off of it. So I like it. I know it's somewhere streaming somewhere. <laughs> it's part of my list of shows that like one day I'll circle back and watch this whole thing. But for now, I'm just going to watch Breaking Bad for the millionth time instead of a new show. So that's my problem is I'm always hesitant to start something I've never seen, you know, or mm -hmm. have little experience with. So, And I but I would say if you want a movie that deals with some demons and some severed heads that you should mm -hmm. just watch Hereditary. Yeah, that's another one. Isn't that also A24? Am it I wrong? is. Yeah. yeah, there's another there's another one that similar thematic territory that I'm like, that's way better than this. Movie. <laughs> Sorry, is, but I sorry, still, Oz. I sorry, Ozzy. <laughs> All right. So out of how many severed heads out of five would you give February? I give it a three. I give it a three and a half, which means scare of approval. That's a scare of approval. It is a scare of approval. That's exciting. That is exciting. Uh, I thought for sure you were not going to give it that. I thought you were going to give it a two. No, I mean, this was, it was well made enough. This was a movie that got me real excited to see. Like, this was a strong debut feature. In it my definitely mind. is. For a first time director, it looks real good. And he has like an established uh i artistically already it seems so i was like oh i want to see what uh i want to see what the rest of his work is going to be like going forward uh however you're saying that the uh <laughs> the next movie is not so good and so. i probably should give it another try because i've never watched it all the way through and it i think it was you know Back in my speed days, nothing was fast moving enough for me. Oh yeah, you need <laughs> you need the MTV editing, as they used to call it. <laughs> I need some Saw movies. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah. I wasn't like only into Saw when I was fucked up. But uh, but I mean, 
Gretel and Hansel's really good, but I mean, all of his movies, I would consider them all fairly slow moving films. Sure. But Gretel and Hansel is definitely visually very, very cool. Mm-hmm. And I like, I think a really cool, like PG 13 flick, like that does some very creepy things. So cool. I'll probably give it to you someday. One day. Yeah. Let's yeah. put it on the list. Okay. Cool. <laughs> cool. Well, everybody, thanks. And again, if you want to hit us up, Instagram or scaringasharing at gmail.com. Follow us, talk to us, yell at us, kiss us, whatever. Something. Yeah. You know, we get, we're getting mail here and there. People have, do you have ideas for what we should do with the show? That I like. I like getting uh, ideas of what people want to hear about uh, anything, anything. Yeah. 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 So hit us up and, um, you know, Keep watching scary movies. Keep talking about them. Yeah. Why, keep, Jeremy? Keep, keep cause scaring is sharing. <laughs> That's why, you yep. idiots. <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. I took it mean. I got, I got angry. I'm a we maniac, people. I'm sorry. I'm an unpredictable madman. But hail Paymon and not Satan. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because he'll just leave you high and dry. That's right. Paymon is the one that's really there for you. You know, and as always, uh, death to video drum. Long live the new flesh. Evil dies tonight, people. Bye. Scaring is sharing. Scaring is sharing. This has been a production of Planet Amp Podcast, powered by Pinecast.